everybody, this is Dave Stelzel. It's time for the Venetian Advisor podcast. Again, this is Dave Stelzel, author of The House of the Cloud. And if you're wondering just how easy it is for your small business clients, or really any client, to get hacked into, I want to give you some quick uh, insight this morning on some things that happened recently that just make it so simple for a small business, or really any individual, to be taken advantage of online. So a lot of times we talk about sales and marketing kinds of things, and I want to tie this into that because understanding how simple it is is part of the key to moving people forward, getting people to actually take some kind of action. And if you're out there selling some kind of services in the technology space, security is one of the best ways to open those that door. Before we get into that, I want to make a quick announcement. If you're listening to this on the SVLC app, I want you to know that we are in the process of migrating our entire podcast over to SoundCloud and putting an RSS feed out to some of the places where you pick up podcasts like the iTunes uh, store and all that sort of stuff. So uh, regardless of where you are listening to this, just understand that moving forward, we're going to be moving all this over to a to a larger platform, and hopefully it'll be easier for people to take advantage of the input and insights that we give you out here on this. So let's get into this. How easy is it? for these people to be hacked into. You know, it used to take a lot of programming skills and that sort of thing, because that's the way people thought about hacking, and it still is the way people think about hacking. So when, you, when you're talking to a small business client or you're talking to somebody who doesn't necessarily have a big security or IT budget, and you're trying to get them to move forward on something like a managed service contract, leading with security is often the fastest way to open a door. Why? Because it's not about budget, it's about risk. Now, you can make it about budget. You can get in there and you can start to uh, look at a more complete IT solution and upsell them on more features and benefits and all this sort of stuff. And all you're really doing is adding cost per workstation to your contract. And that tends to be a bad direction to go. I know that just as a homeowner, somebody calls me, cold calls me, or I'm an existing client of something, and they want to add stuff to an existing insurance policy or uh, existing maintenance contract that I have on some piece of my house. It's a commodity thing, and I and I hem and hover, and I'm like, I don't want to spend extra money. Why would I want to add to it? If I have a problem, I'll just pay for it out of pocket. But moving people forward with security is not about features and functions. It's about risk. It's about exposure. And that is the way to move people forward. Now, it turns out, interestingly enough, I think I mentioned this on maybe my last podcast, that when you share it in terms of statistics, it's hard to move people forward. The brain, if you've been following me for any time at all, you know I'm always studying, reading about brain science, reading stuff published by neurologists and other people who study the brain and do brain mapping and all kinds of things. And I read books on the subject and you might think all that's weird, but you know what? It really helps when you're starting to put together some kind of marketing campaign or, or calling on a client and talking to them and answering, handling all these objections and doing all these things that all the older sales books tell you to do. And a lot of those books have good insight. They do, but the brain science aspect of this, thing is really important because it's what moves people, changes people's beliefs, gets them over the hurdle of all the objections and gets them to stop questioning stuff or just the opposite, gets them to question more, moves them into a defensive mode, gets them, gets them questioning you and, and, you know, second guessing you, not believing you and not wanting to do anything. So it turns out that stories, on the other hand, so you got statistics and bits and bytes and so forth. 
is one way of moving the brain in the wrong direction, getting the left brain to question all kinds of stuff and figure out if this is true or not. But stories tend to be something the brain does want to believe as long as it's credible, right? And Chip and Dan Heath spoke, they talk about things that are credible. So I give you this interesting account today because it's a story, but it's also real news. It's not fake news. And it also is credible. And I think it speaks to people about how simple it is. I don't have to program stuff. I don't have to write code. I don't have to get inside your firewall to steal from you. And here's what happened. So this person was having a terrible time getting their getting a response, customer service response back. I'm sure everyone listening to this today has had this opportunity to try to work with a company where you've bought a product, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, or it's broken or something, and you're trying to get them to refund your money, but the warranty just expired, or there is no return on this particular item, or something that just doesn't make sense, or maybe it even says you can return it. My daughter recently had a situation like this where the product purchased on Amazon came from China and Amazon was pushing her to communicate directly with the manufacturer and the manufacturer said yeah you can return it but you have to buy a shipping label and we'll refund you and the shipping label to China <laughs> as you can imagine is a fortune my, my daughter's not going to shell out 60 bucks or whatever it was to send this thing back to China so she's trying to get them to give her a shipping label and you know it's just not it's just going back and forth this is the kind of thing that leads you to 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 you know finally throw up your hands and start to post something on social media to bash that company and let everybody in the world know that this is a stupid company and you know what it's been a good ploy people have done that with other companies and they've gotten results they've actually gotten people to do stuff i shared some time ago, one of my sons going out online and finding a way to get a hold of the CEO of Walmart because customer service and even going up the line, even getting to you know management and senior management and going as far up that line as he could, and they just they just finally shut him down and said, forget it, go away, you know, totally not customer service oriented. Again, that was Walmart, W A L M A R T, in case you didn't catch that. Um, one of my favorite stores to shop in, not. Anyway, he did get his, his uh, money back, by the way, by going right to the CEO through online channels that he was able to find, figure out. Well, so this woman is having that kind of problem, and she's trying to move up the food chain, trying to get some results, not getting anywhere. Finally re resorts to social media, probably Facebook. I don't remember what the article said exactly where, but that's probably what it was. And so she's posting on there in, in an aggravated tone. And, of course, a lot of these companies, the good companies, monitor social media channels because they want to know. You know, are they being bashed out there? And, of course, you know, if people jump on the bandwagon and everybody starts saying mean things about a particular company, it can really hurt them. And so at some point, you might actually get some uh, some attention. When things like that start to go viral, it really hurts a company. So, sure enough, customer service reaches out to her. You know, they saw the message. They didn't want that message to propagate. And so they contacted her through social media and said they would take care of it. So. A few back and forth exchanges led to a phone number exchange, led to her uh, customer service wanting to, you know, look into this more deeply, got some account information from her and was able to get into the system, track her down, find her purchase and just needed a few 
credentials from her, uh, including how she paid for it and so forth. And if you're at all security savvy, you know where this is headed because nobody's going to ask you for all that information for real, like your payment card information and all that sort of thing. And so, of course, what happened is the person responding to her, the person who actually got in touch with her and actually got her phone number and got on the phone with her to work out this issue and get all this information with her, it was a scam. So what's the what's the lesson here? The lesson here is two things. If you're an individual and you ever have a customer service problem and somebody reaches back out to you through social media, you probably want to get some kind of information from them that allows you to call that company back using their direct number. And I've actually done that in the past, by the way. And usually the customer service people will understand, right? I need a way to get back to you through your main number because you contacted me through an open channel on social media and I don't really know who you are. And a true customer service agent would be aware of that or at least if you were to explain it to them, should it should register in their mind like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, there's a there's a way for you to call me back. But in this case, this woman didn't head down that road. And of course, she got ripped off big time. Now, uh, that's, you know, that's the personal lesson. But the, the lesson on the business side is, so here's a story that is just one more example of that it just doesn't take a lot of technology. It just takes some personality. It just takes some ingenuity, some creativity for the hacker to get into someone's computer. And I, and I, if you haven't read it, I do want to point anybody who's listening here today to Kevin Mitnick's book, The Art of Deception. I think it's a great read and it will fill your mind with stories of all kinds of things that Kevin either personally has been involved in or is aware of these are real news accounts things that actually have happened and he was involved in a bunch of them early on in his criminal days in breaking into stuff and just kind of testing the limits of how far you can go when you've got a good story when you when you when you do the research when you speak the right language when you dress the right way you can get into almost any place either by phone or physically or by computer after you've spoken to somebody and gotten all the information that you need to do it. The bottom line is it is simple. It is simple for somebody who is thinking and able to communicate with people and has a telephone and has a computer, doesn't need any programming experience to get in and steal a lot of money. And a lot of the uh, criminal acts today online are involving people, involving wire transfers and getting people like an accounts payable to pay bills to fraudulent accounts, I've heard numerous stories about that, as well as uh, companies like title companies sending money to the wrong people. And of course, the person who's buying the property, the land in that case is out their money. I was actually in, recently uh, in conversation with a law firm that was on a case like that, looking for an expert witness. I mean, these things are happening all over the world and they're very simple hacks to pull off and they're highly profitable. So it is simple really simple for people to break into these companies that you're working with today and the people you're working with today they don't understand this they're not paying attention they don't realize just how easy it would be for someone to rip them off so this is the thing we need to learn to tell these stories we need to be able to build the 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 case with them through the stories but then also show them the model the house the cloud and the coverage model and again you can use other 
other examples other than mine. Uh, but the House of Cloud and the coverage model tends to be one of the fastest converting stories that I have ever used. It's a simple metaphor that allows a non-technical person to see just how easy it is, where the big mistakes are. And of course, it moves right into that protection detection response story that moves people to action in areas where managed service and managed security services are the answer, the long-term answer to maintaining an acceptable level of risk. Again, this is Dave Stelzel, author of The House in the Cloud. If you've not read The House in the Cloud, you should get a copy of it at davidstelzel.net forward slash hcoffer. That's davidstelzel.net forward slash hcoffer. And I think it's just a dollar right now. So if you're listening to this podcast when I'm recording it in what, is, what month is this? May 2019. You probably still get it there for a dollar. With all that, have a rest of the week. Have a great week. I'm just coming off a of Memorial Day uh, weekend here. I hope that was a great celebration for you. If you happen to live overseas, that's the day where we celebrate those and uh, honor those who gave their lives in military service here in the U.S. So enjoy the rest of the week. Let's make this a profitable quarter. What's left of it? We just got about a month to go here get those numbers up and finish the first half profitable and